0: Thank you. Hello, hello, hello. This is Tamika Seaton, President and CEO of Grow Your Nonprofit, where we help startups, small, and stagnant nonprofits grow through fundraising strategies, strategic planning, and so much more. Guys, today you are in for a treat. I have my special guest here, Stacy Lee Williams. She's with the Founder Scholarship Fund. She'll share us. She'll share with us today all about the organization and how it has grown over the years. But before we get started, I'd like to thank the sponsors of my podcast. How did University with a campus in Fort Myers stay near go far they change lives for the better Trinity Life Foundation Naples helping at-risk youth through their enrichment program AVIT, that stands for the Associations of Haitians Living Abroad they just opened an amazing support center right here in the beautiful Fort Myers where they will help people with immigration support utility billing. English as a Second Language, and so much more. Last but not least, Truth. They received a grant from the CDC to raise awareness of COVID-19 and vaccine resources in the Black and Brown communities. So, like I said, my special guest here today, Stacy Lee Williams. Hi, Stacy. Hi. How are you? Great. Great to be here, Tamika. Thank it, you for inviting me. It is so great to have you. I know we've bumped into each other over the years, just sort of in passing, high and by, and we never really sat down to get to know each other so thank you for coming out to the grow your nonprofit podcast absolutely it's such a pleasure to be here and thank you for inviting me oh yes thank you thank you for being here so why don't we start with you telling us a little bit about your background and then we'll get into what you do at the the founder's scholarship fund
1: all right so i moved to southwest florida probably about 20 years ago right after september 11th um You know, worked in the corporate world. I was at British Airways when I first came, uh, would find myself back in the nonprofit segment, uh, come back to corporate, back to Mm nonprofit. And, you know, it's just I think working in Mm nonprofit gives you such a sense of helping, assisting, serving Uh that I always find myself back into nonprofit work. You know, now my kids are older and I have more time. Mm -hmm. Um, So started a small, you know, organization here where we would do events, cultural events and Mm -hmm. things like that. Got to know a lot of people in the community, became part of the mayor's diversity council, things like that. But um, when the opportunity came to work for Founders Fund about five years ago Mm -hmm. and I looked at, you know, what they did, it just aligned with what I was trying to do Mm -hmm. as a a person. Mm -hmm. And so I accepted the position and here we are.
0: Okay, very good. So tell us a little bit about the, the, the Founders Scholarship Fund, um, how long it's been in existence, and, and exactly what do they do and who they help. So the Founders
1: Scholarship Fund has actually been in existence for 30 years. We oh, just wow. celebrated our 30-year anniversary. Um, it is a scholarship fund that was organized within the club Pelican Bay community in Naples okay and originally had started to just um, help with scholarships for their employees and their children. Mm-hmm. Uh, they will do a golf tournament and banquet mm-hmm. every other year and then you know it grew to the point where they could actually offer scholarships out to the schools in Collier County wow. so became a nonprofit, Um, Started opening up to the Collier County Schools. And each year, we give a four-year scholarship to between 25 to 30 students.
0: Oh, my God. That's amazing.
1: So it started with when I first got there back in, you know, five years ago. Um, we were giving eight thousand dollars over the f- of over the four years huh. now we 're up to giving twenty four thousand dollars over the four years per student per student that 's
0: awesome yes
1: and what that what that has accounted for the last time we checked was something like twenty five percent of tuition for mm-hmm. uh, Florida State College. Wow. So That's pretty significant, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and at, at any given time I'm working with a hundred to 120 students over mm-hmm. four years mm. um, You know, so we get to know them intimately. Yeah. We have an award ceremony when they first get the scholarship uh, We we have an annual luncheon where if the students are home for the holidays mm-hmm. They get to come and tell us how they're nice. doing um, We've just established a mentorship program where we have club members that are mentoring the students you know and it's and most some of them are away so it's more of a mm-hmm. we can reach them on FaceTime yeah, when they yeah. come to town we have lunches with them kind mm-hmm. of if we find somebody that's in the field that they're working in so for example if you're going to law school we may have a, a member that's a lawyer mm-hmm. like a retired lawyer yeah. that we would you know kind of pair you with so it's a lot of good work
0: you know yeah, yeah that sounds awesome so what is the criteria um, for students who are awarded the scholarships so what we do is
1: every year we have a counselor's breakfast where we meet with the counselors of all the high schools oh, that's and funny. we give them the information, let them know. Um, it's usually a 3.0 or higher GPA. Mm-hmm. Uh, we look at what activities they're involved mm-hmm. in, what they're doing around town, and then what we do is we get all the applications. Mm-hmm. This year I think we had 120 applications. Mm-hmm. Um, we narrowed it down to about seventy-five that qualified, and then the board members will pair up in teams and go out into the schools and interview the students. Oh, that's and then really we cool. have this come to Jesus moment where we all get together yeah. in the room. no, that's advocate. so tough. Oh my, it, because we want to give all, all right? right? Yeah, it, it, there's, there's, these students are so fabulous, right? But then we can we kind of bring it down to our first and second choices and our third choices if we get more space. And then we can We picked about you know about twenty-five to th- mm-hmm. thirty students. Mm-hmm. Uh, Give scholarships too, mm. so very blessed to be able to do that.
0: Yeah, that, that's yeah. amazing. That's one thing I like about nonprofit because I worked in government. I lived in um, Naples for 15 years, so I worked for Collier County government for five years in the city of Naples for about two years in the mayor's office, and um, didn't really like politics. And I was I never considered nonprofit as a career. I served on boards, and then I was recruited um, by the shelter for abused women and children. Their CEO. And became a senior fundraiser. And once I got into nonprofit, I felt purpose. There was a reason why um, I was waking up every morning. I felt good. I knew I was making an impact in people's lives. So yeah, thank you for that. That it's really great work um, nonprofits do. And I actually just interviewed um, Mayor Anderson uh, last week. And it was from a mayor's and board member's perspective on nonprofits. And the first thing he said during the interview, he said, we need nonprofits. Mm-hmm. Their, the work they do is very important. Government can't do what nonprofits yeah. do. And, and that's absolutely correct. So that's amazing. So with that said, I, you, you mentioned that the organization um, hosts their annual golf tournament every other year. Why is that?
1: Right, it's it's actually every other year and not annually. And um, the reason why we do that is because you know everybody does annual events, yes, and yes. as you know, Naples a lot is of the hub of events. non yeah, like nonprofit yeah. events. There's so many nonprofits and so many events mm-hmm. that we feel like it's a little more exclusive, a little oh, you know that. less taxing on our donors. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and again, uh, most of our donations come from within Club Pelican Bay. Mm-hmm. Um, our golf tournament is not open to the public. It's you know within the community, oh, and wow. it sells out like oh i bet it. i appear. bet it does so so we feel like i know every other year yeah. is a good yeah. you know we could look at maybe doing it as we move forward depending on how finances are and mm-hmm. things like that but but so far that has worked for us mm-hmm. and it works for us because we also get that that Great. year to like yeah. get our order in the office right yeah yeah so
0: that's awesome yeah. that's awesome so you mentioned before we started recording the the organization they were they're always been doing amazing things however a lot of things um were done by hand and you were able to quickly see that you started off as a part-time executive director and now you're a full-time executive director you were able to put policies in place and and automate a lot of things um tell me what things were you able to you were able to automate and how that made your job better and be- everything better for the organization.
1: Oh, absolutely. So I tell people I have the hardest working board in any uh, nonprofit that I've worked with or been a part of. I sit on several boards myself or have uh, for non-profits and the the Founders Fund board is, you know, an active working board. Mm-hmm. Everyone is actively invo- involved. What uh, does that mean? Actively involved? They're out there bringing in solicitations. They're out there, you know, helping with the auction items. They're mm. out there. Interviewing the students, they are wow. mentoring students, so they are constantly involved in the organization and not just making decisions on mm-hmm. an administrative level. Yeah, but they're involved. I like that, right? And before I came on board, um, they were the ones doing all the work, mm-hmm. and they had an employee of the club that was assisting with the paperwork. Mm-hmm. You know, every other year for the event, mm-hmm. and also every semester with the students. So I came on board first as a fund administrator part-time mm-hmm. just to do that work okay. and quickly realized that, you know, we were using, again, pencil, paper, Excel spreadsheets to cover everything. Yeah. So over the years, what I've done is put policies and procedures in mm-hmm. place for everything we do, mm-hmm. centralize our files, mm-hmm. um, Last year We started Doing our our Applications through A software Which Ooh. has eliminated So much work yeah. And we're currently In the works of Making our events mm-hmm. A software driven yes. Event And what that is doing Is it's freeing up My time mm-hmm. to foster Our donors better mm-hmm. To you know Look at our Sponsorships better And mm-hmm. how, how better To Assist and work with, and really give value to our donors mm-hmm. and to our sponsors and things like that. Mm-hmm. So, and, and and more time for the students. Yeah, you know? yeah, definitely. So, I mean, we have automated and really streamlined a lot of the work that was dragging. Mm-hmm. I I say that I use that term yeah. because it's so antiquated, and I'm so proud of that. Right. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, when they said, you know, we really need you to come on board full time, yeah. I'm like, I'm not sure that I really want to work full time. But again, when people ask me what I do, I jokingly say. You I'm a modern day Robin Hood without the stealing yeah yeah so we take affluential people money and we help students in need and you know it's such a great honor to be able to see students that have graduated, mm-hmm. come back and say, you know, the Founders Fund scholarship meant this much to me. Mm-hmm. That without it, I probably wouldn't have went to the school of my choice. Yeah, yeah. Or my family wouldn't have been able to assist me with going to college mm-hmm. or things like that. So,
0: it's mm-hmm. really good work. Yeah, yeah. So, the whole premise of the Grow Your Nonprofit podcast is all about sharing Open secrets about growing your nonprofit you mentioned before we started recording the podcast the budget was about 250,000 and then you guys were able to reach the million dollar mark how what strategies did you put in place in order to reach that uh, level of fundraising.
1: Yeah, so again they, When they first started They would raise two hundred dollars to you know, 300000 three hundred. And how did they do that? Was this um, the so, golf so tournament? It's,
0: it's every, single, every other year
1: We do the annual banquet and golf mm-hmm. tournament And that's the admission price That's okay. the ask That's the auctions Things mm-hmm. like that Is how we raise our money On the off year We may do an ask Okay. Um, and that will bring in some funds also. Uh, so some of the things that we did in, to put in place because our event is every other year is we did a sustaining benefactor. Oh. So you can actually sign up to give both years, even though our event is I only like one that. year. I like that. That is genius. Right. That's one of the things that we put in place. Um, Another thing that we do is we do a pre-ask, right? Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people don't yeah. do this, but you, we meet with key people that mm-hmm. we feel like would be really good donors before the event okay? and put those in place so that we have those in the room already mm-hmm. when we're doing like the ask, mm-hmm. the ask portion of mm-hmm. the event. And that kind of like generates the yes. buzz and yes. have people giving yes. and things like that. We've developed some amazing relationship with some of the businesses in Collier County mm-hmm. to get you know, raffle items and yeah. auction items and things like that and live auction items, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So so these are some of the things that we we, we had time to really do better yeah. and make it a better, more fun event. Like yeah. really hone in on how we do this event since we're only doing it every other year yeah. and just make it the best quality that we could. Right,
0: right. Yeah. I, I like that because... Like we talked about earlier Most organizations do an annual event So they they do this event This event is over and they're on to the next I like the fact that you're doing your event Every other year Then that gives you a year to take a step back And look at what went well what didn't go so well and how we could improve upon another thing that stood out to me relationships the important of re- the importance of relationship building so the organization has been around for 30 years I always tell especially my new babies new nonprofits it's a marathon and not a sprint relationship building guys you heard stacy say relationship building sitting down um, engaging oh.
1: You know, absolutely. I tell people all the time, I'm like, if you are hiring a fundraising Mm -hmm. administrator and you expect like you have a dollar amount that you want them to bring in. Right. A lot of of times, you know, you'll meet with your executive director and they're like, well, you didn't bring in what we expected. Right. It takes so many times to foster
0: donors. Right. So some
1: of the things I tell people is if you're a fundraiser, you have to have thick skin, right? Mm -hmm. The Mm -hmm. answer is yes or no. And I don't take no personally right because no could be what's happening with you in that moment. Yes, right. Not right it, now. And, and, right. No, no doesn't mean no forever, right? You might say no today and tomorrow mm-hmm. Something will open up in your life or it might even be something that's happening. you having a bad day, mm-hmm. right? So we really foster those relationships whether it's a no or a yes, mm-hmm. you know that that it might come to fruition at some other point mm-hmm. you know and and really you do have to take time to build those relationships. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it takes a year or two years of fostering a donor yeah. before you actually get a donation. Yes. You know? Yes. And, and, and people think, you know, oh, my God, they said, no, I'm hurt. Yeah. You cannot take it personally. Yeah. Not
0: at all. Yeah. You know? So. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes donors will test you. I, I had a particular client where they expected a donor to give them $5,000. Instead, the donor gave them gave them. And I said, that's wonderful. That's a win. And I said, well, build that relationship. And maybe next year, it'll be more sometimes they'll test you to see if you send them a thank you note, if you're keeping them abreast as to what the impact of their investment has been making uh, stories, Like, what are you doing in the interim? You shouldn't be contacting your donors just when it's time to give again.
1: So, that's another thing that we implemented um, a donor appreciation event. Mm -hmm. Uh, We do newsletters biannually to go out and let them know Mm -hmm. what's happening with our students, what's Mm -hmm. happening with the organizations, things like that. You know, we actually had one of our um, board members was, you know, getting ready to gear up to do the ask Mm -hmm. and ask one of the Potential donors. I, I'm, I'm, I, if I remember the story correctly, he asked for a million dollars, and she said, oh, "I'm going to give you two fifty if you guys can match it." Oh, You know, nice. and th- we, the we did. Organizations it. Yeah. come yeah. together, and match it, and eventually ended up giving a million dollars and starting yeah. an endowment fund. Yeah, that's but awesome. started out by giving us, you know, like you said, a significantly less amount, mm-hmm. but asking for a match. So these are all the ways that you can implement. You know, make it a com- like you know uh, where everyone has to come together and says, "Well, mm-hmm. so guess what? We can get this amount." if we can match it Mm -hmm. you know and these are all like little nuggets of Mm -hmm. ways to really grow your nonprofit right right right. yeah
0: Uh, before we wrap up can you share with our audience how could a nonprofit organization get their board engaged and get them active and excited about the work they're doing because oftentimes you serve on boards i serve. I serve on a few boards you know they're watching their, their their watch and they can't wait to go. They say they're going to do something. You, you follow up with them. They they really don't do it. What what secrets have you guys uh, implemented to keep your board engaged? So, I can speak for this from both, both perspectives
1: as a board member and as a person that's trying to get mm-hmm. people recruited for my board. I feel like you really need to find the people that have the passion for, for what the, you're doing. Okay, okay. Right? Passion. Otherwise, they'll be, you know, they won't be engaged. A lot of people join boards just to have that on their resume mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. to have, you know, the notoriety of saying, I'm the board member of. Mm-hmm. You really want the people that are passionate about the work that you're doing. Mm-hmm. So, our board members are really passionate about educating okay. the youths, right? Being the making sure that they get what they need um, to to do it Um, if you're gonna sit on a board just don't be there for the show-and-tell of it okay right Um, some boards require like a financial commitment but some don't Mm -hmm. but I feel like whether or not a board or a committee that I'm sitting on requires a financial commitment or not I'm there to serve Mm -hmm. so I do my best to do the best I can Right? And then I'm hoping that when people mm-hmm. agree to join boards, that that is what they're doing. Yeah. Right, And it might not be... That the resources might be you introduce me to somebody else, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. you make something else happen that makes my job easier, mm-hmm. or something like that. The hardest thing to deal with is board members and committee members that will not do the work. Right. Because right? then what it does is it puts... Make, it makes it harder for everyone else mm-hmm. that's on the board mm-hmm. to have to pick up that slack. Right. So I think when you're recruiting for boards... You're very conscious of what is this person's, you know, does does their mission align with our mission? Mm -hmm. Do their, you know, what they want from life align with, are they passionate about what Mm -hmm. we're doing? Mm -hmm. You know, so
0: I think Mm -hmm. that that's the key component of picking a board member that's very important well well stacy thank you so much for your time as i told you the time goes by so you sure did it really does especially when you're you're having a great conversation with someone who's passionate and who's knowledgeable uh about uh, what you're doing so thank you for your service um if someone wanted to reach out to you to either ask a question or give another million dollars to your organization, how could they reach you, Stacey? <laughs>
1: they can reach me at foundersfund1 at gmail.com. I'm always available on my cell phone. It's 239-462-4044. My personal email, williams at gmail.com. There are so many ways you can reach me. Or hit up Tamika. She'll find me.
0: And how about your website? It'll, <laughs> it'll appear on the screen, the website the, for the The foundersfundinc.org. Founders okay. Yeah. Okay. Very good. guys. You heard here another amazing nonprofit executive director and another nonprofit right here in the beautiful southwest Florida making a difference in the community impacting the lives of a future generation our youth who are going off to college. That is so much important work. Absolutely. So um it it, it takes us all and it, it is great to know that a community who's a, a pretty much a retirement community, they could be doing anything they want. Instead, they decide to give back. So that's so much. That's so amazing. So I hope that you've learned something about growing your nonprofit about events. I really like the idea of having events every other month, donor stewardship, relationship building, and thinking outside the box, putting policies and procedures in place to run more efficiently and effectively. So guys, stay tuned for more episodes of Grow Your Nonprofit.